Before we get started, I just wanted to thank you guys for coming back for another episode of The Places You'll Go. If you enjoy the podcast and want to get involved in the community or take a guess at our weekly photo teasers, like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ThePlacesYG. If you have your own amazing stories to tell us, feedback about the show, or ideas for upcoming episodes, feel free to email us at theplacesyg at gmail.com or visit anchor.fm forward slash theplacesyg to leave us a text or voice message. Finally, if you want more people to find out about how awesome this show is, follow us on Spotify and Overcast and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Now, without further ado, enjoy this week's episode. This is a Wandering Hippies production. Hey, welcome to episode 16 of season 2. Hi. We're getting really close to the end of the second season. We've only actually got one more week after this one left. And then we get two weeks off. And then it's time for the six weeks of Halloween. Boom, baby! Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. You know what that means. That means putting up Halloween decorations. That's exactly what that means. In the third week of September. Nope. Yeah. No. That's when, it, I mean, that's when that No, starts. yeah. No, that's fine. Oh. I'm going to be putting up Halloween decorations probably before that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I I would expect nothing less. You're right. So, this week's been, was pretty fun for us. I mean, we had a good time. We went to the Blues Festival in Keokuk to roll in on the river. That was a freaking blast. We were all kind of anxious about it. I had my heart set on it, though, so I didn't let any of our anxiety talk us out of it. I was like, we're freaking going. We're doing this. We They could have called it the Blue Hair Festival. They really could have, yeah. Because it was basically all old people. But it was a lot of fun. It was. It was a great. There were great shows. Good bands there. The last band was truly amazing. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, I wish I could. Jason D. Williams. Oh, I was right. That's it. Okay, so yeah, it was the Jason <clears throat> D. Williams. It was Jason D. Williams. And he was amazing. The band had so much stage presence. He played, there was, there was piano involved in it. Like, that was the primary aspect of it, honestly. And he did some wild shit playing the piano with his feet and, and upside down and with the stool that he was sitting on and... Just sliding it all over the place. Oh, man, and... he was a blast. It was it was so cool. It was, I was so glad we made yeah. it to that. Chance and I both decided that as bartenders, we know that he drinks his whiskey neat. Uh-huh. Just straight he shots. Just shots of whiskey. He might, like, in between shots of whiskey, might have, like, a can of Coca-Cola. No. You don't think so? I think a can of Miller Lite or something. Oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you right. know, to you're hydrate. Probably, yeah, you're probably right. Quote. Yeah. Hydrate? Yeah, yeah. Maybe sips on a Miller Lite between straight shots of Jack Daniels. He's like, oh, this is garbage. But it was, it, he was good. It was so good. It was uh, so much fun down there. It was a beautiful night on the river. It too. was. It was gorgeous. Yeah. We had fun with Amy and Callie, who, which uh, you guys obviously know Callie. Amy hasn't been on the show. I don't know if she even wants to, but. We'll force her sometime. One of these days we'll railroad her into it. But Callie will be back during the six weeks of Halloween, so. Wait, we're inviting her? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But this week we're back into the swing of just like normal life. And we're going to go ahead and, and get rolling on this next episode as we approach the finale of season two. 
And we're going to head to the Great Lake State this week, one we have yet to be to, for some pure Michigan fun, which I don't I don't know who came up with that slogan, because I think it's actually terrible, but <laughs> pure Michigan. I don't, what does that even mean? Pure cocaine. <laughs> pure Michigan. <laughs> but we're going to a tiny island. Uh, right in the Strait of Mackinac. And for anyone who knows Michigan, you know exactly where I'm talking about. This is the incredibly historic Mackinac Island. So let's head on into Lake Huron, shall we? That's Lakin. And that's my boy, Chance. <laughs> These are the places you'll go. So, we're we're this week is going to be on an island with a metric shit ton of history to it. And I'm going to do my best to con- to condense the complex history of this island into my my time slot, but you y'all know the old saying. Anyway, chance has no time slot. <laughs> What's the saying? We'll figure it out one of these days. Okay. The bedrock that this island sets on dates back about 422 million years. Is that where the Flintstones are from? Yeah, basically, yeah. But the island as an entity itself didn't emerge until around 13,000 years ago as the glaciers that once once covered the northern half of North America began to melt and recede, obviously leaving behind the Great Lakes. As anybody who knows that much about you, you know U.S. history, our geological history knows that the Great Lakes were carved out by the glaciers. And that's why they exist, is all glacier melt. So, <coughs> But as those glaciers receded, the island uh, that is now Mackinac Island was left behind as a beautifully unique little landmass right in the middle of Lake Huron, um, which contains marshes, boreal forest, sharp cliffs, coastlines, bogs, and limestone bluffs. It's just a really cool little place that has, like, all the biomes of Michigan on this little island. Uh, human beings began inhabiting the island sometime around 900 CE, as it was a sacred place for the Anishinaabe peoples, who considered it to be the home of Gichimanitao, or the Great Spirit. Tribal chiefs were buried on this island, and local bands gathered on the island to give tribute to the Great Spirit. And their lore stated that Michamilla Mackinac, which is what it was known to them as, was the first land to emerge after the Great Flood ended. Oh. As a quick note on what the Great Flood was, since so many cultures have very similar stories, I feel like it's kind of important to touch on a little bit, at least as it pertains to Turtle Island, which we now know as North America, the Great Flood was the receding of the glaciers and the massive glacial floods that were um, created when glacial dams broke. So there's a, that's why all basically all the cultures across North America, the oldest cultures, have their own great flood story. So Noah's Ark. Yeah, yeah, and okay. and honestly, geologists and historians believe that most of the flood stories across the world 
probably are as a result of glacial dams breaking. Okay. And obviously these were people that didn't really understand geology or hydrology or any of that stuff. So it's like, holy shit, the whole world's ending. Wow, I learned something today. Yeah. Because like, uh, so like in Missoula, when Glacial Lake Missoula, which remember when we were at the Bison Range and it showed this was the highest point of Glacial Lake Missoula, Mm -hmm. all of that water that was there was only held in by a glacial dam. So when that dam broke, that water flooded out of that entire valley that was filling that valley. My so emotions that's a lot of water. are only being held back by a glacial dam. Oh my god. <laughs> but anyway, uh, moving on from that, Michimillimackinac was the name given to the island by a small band of the Ottawa Nation. And at the time it meant Big Turtle, since the island kind of looks like a turtle. Cute! I know. The band was, this band of the Ottawa Nation was basically decimated by the Seneca Nation, uh, who was part of the Iroquois Confederacy sometime in the 15 or 1600s. We don't really know when, since only two of the inhabitants of the island actually survived uh, the attack. And those two were folded into the Ottawa Nation, so only old Ottawa stories remain about the people that once lived on the island. So we don't really know that much about them. Okay. The first European to live on the island was the Jesuit priest Claude Dablon, who founded a mission for the natives in 1670, though he would only make it until 1671 before he left. Wow. I guess I just didn't realize that, like, you always hear about, like, Jesuits coming over, but I always think of the South. Yeah. I don't think of, like, Michigan. Yeah. Really, the so, like, the central fur trading areas were really big places for the Jesuits to go because, obviously, the French wanted to conduct trade there, and therefore they thought it would be safer to do so with priests there converting the natives to their religion. Mm-hmm. But anyway, after uh, Deblon left, Jacques Marquette, who the... Um, the city in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, Marquette, is obviously named for. He would secede Dublon on the island and revitalize the mission, making Mackinac a vital fur trading location for the French and the First Nations in the area. Because the French actually had a fantastic relationship with the First Nations because they saw them as an incredibly valuable resource for fur trade because the French could trade them things that they wanted for the furs that the, the First Nations had. And then the French could take those furs to Europe and sell them for a fucking king's ransom. Wow. You know. Okay. Yeah. So they saw the natives as very important because the natives were better at hunting the land than any French trapper was. So, you know, it's why about, not use that resource? About time they recognized <laughs> in the 1600s. In the 16s. <laughs> for 80 years, the French enjoyed dominance in the region But that would change after the end of the French and Indian War. When the French were defeated, the British took control of the Straits of Mackinac and established Fort Mackinac on the limestone bluffs overlooking the Straits in 1780. The area known as the Northwest Territories, which was everything northwest of the Ohio River, was eventually seceded to the United States, I'm sorry, ceded to the United States at the end of the Revolutionary War, but the British didn't remove forces from the area until 1794, 
when another treaty ensured that the uh, United States controlled the Straits and the Northwest Territory. Then, in 1812, probably the coolest part of this island, not not the coolest, but a very cool part of this island's history, the first battle of the War of 1812 took place on the island. That's where the invasion of the United States began for the British, was Mackinac Island. What? Because they wanted to control the Great Lakes and yeah. the Straits of Mackinac. Wow. So, okay. they, so um, it was known as the Siege of Fort Mackinac, where the British attacked and sieged the fort. The Americans did not know that war had even been declared because news traveled so fast, and the British Empire obviously had warned their armies ahead of time, like, Hey, we're about to go to war, so y'all get ready for this. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. is like, "Hmm, whatever. Then when the British declared war, it took too long for that news to reach Mackinac Island, and the British troops in Canada were able to invade the island and successfully uh, run out the Americans. So. Damn. Yeah. This is crazy. I'm learning so much today. I'm, I'm glad I can help you learn. Following the taking of Fort Mackinac, the British built Fort George on the high ground overlooking the original fort uh, as kind of a show of strength. Like, yeah, you got Fort Mackinac, but check out Fort George. Look at this big bitch. Look at Fort Jorge. (laughs) Fort Jorge. During the War of 1812, for the most part, the island was pretty quiet um, until the Americans attempted to retake the fort and a second major battle was fought in 1814, uh, during which the Americans were again defeated. Yeah, it was two years after the war was over, but nobody knew it was over yet because news traveled so slow. Okay. Just like how the Battle of New Orleans took place in 1814 as well. New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> again, so like I said, the Americans were defeated again and repelled from Mackinac. But, of course, by 1814, the war was over. And the Americans had already won the war. It was just a matter of outlying forces still kind of duking it out. The island was then given back to the United States at the conclusion of the war, and Fort George was renamed Fort Holmes in honor of the American commander who had died trying to retake the fort on the island. So Really? So there are now there's two forts on that island, Fort Mackinac and Fort Holmes. Very nice. After the end of the war, the American Fur Company was centered on the island for more than 30 years trading beaver pelts, and then commercial fishing kind of became a more lucrative industry, and the island became a base for many commercial fishing boats. During the Civil War, the island provided volunteers for the Union, and Fort Holmes was a prisoner for just three Confederate sympathizers. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I know. I They're like, like, we ran out of space everywhere else, so we're going to have to take them to Fort Mackinac. I could only assume they were from somewhere up in Michigan and were sympathetic to the Confederacy. And they're like, nope, sorry. And they're like, fucking stick them on Mackinac. <laughs> Just send them back to the South. Fuck. I we don't know. want them. <laughs> send them back. Agreed. We don't want them. Better off without them. Exactly. <laughs> but... Uh, It was really funny, though, because when faced with the proposition of having to endure a winter on Fort Mackinac, two of the three prisoners signed a loyalty pledges to the United States so they didn't have to live in the fort during the winter. Did you see... (laughs) Sorry, this is nothing to do with this, but kind of. Did you see the guy from Iowa that got released on bail for the insurrection... 
because he had a change of heart. One of his terms and conditions of getting out of jail before his trial was that he was to not look up any, like, conspiracy theories or whatever, and they, on, he got he caught. He already violated He yeah, okay. got caught, violated, and so. I could have seen that one coming. He got thrown back in jail, and now he can no longer use that I had a change of heart, and, mm-hmm. yeah, so. Anyway, go on, sorry. Yeah, that was, okay, so, like, during the Civil War, it was really common to what they called paroling prisoners of war, where they had to sign a pledge that they wouldn't go back to fight for, like, say, so say it was a Union prisoner of war in a Confederate camp, mm-hmm. they had to pledge to the Confederates that they would not fight alongside the Union. How does that work? Because they, they didn't have the resources. They would have starved to death in the prisoner of war camps. Yeah. So they didn't have the resources to take care of them, so they paroled them right. by signing these pledges. So then you go and you're like, sorry guys, I can't fight with you anymore Basically, because I signed a pledge. Literally. literally. Okay. And the Union and, and Confederacy both honored those pledges. Like They're like, hey, I'm paroled out from POW camp. I can't serve right now. Yeah, because if and they then, found them, I'm sure they, they would, would be like, you're dead. Yeah. And okay. then when they would do prisoner exchanges, rarely did they ever literally exchange prisoners. It was like, okay, here's 55 pledges from that that you know your prisoners have signed to us. You give us 55 pledges of our prisoners, we'll switch them, and now we can have those 55 people back. They can fight again. That's some... Uh... It's some weird shit in the Civil War, man. <laughs> they were like, you know what, we'll get along on this one thing. Yeah. Give us 55 people back, we'll give you 55 people back, and then we'll slaughter everybody. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And then we'll kill 35,000 in the next battle. <laughs> I hate war. I. It's so fucking stupid. But the third prisoner of war on Mackinac Island refused to sign a pledge, so he ended up getting transferred. Because they didn't want him to die. I was kind of hoping he froze to death. <laughs> Same. Sorry. But at the time, they saw him as potential leverage to, like, trade the South for another prisoner or something like that. Okay. So they didn't want him to die in a fort okay. in the yeah. North, you know? But anyway, as the 1800s came to a close, sport fishing and recreation became much more popular as a draw to the area. And as such, several hotels and other tourist accommodations popped up all over the island, and it became a super popular place for people from Michigan and Wisconsin and and Chicago to go visit, uh, as well as Canada. And because of that, there is some very striking Victorian architecture on the island. A lot of really old buildings, very cool places to check out. And thanks to the lobbying of Senator Thomas Ferry, Mackinac Island actually was the second national park to ever be established in the United States in 1875, immediately after Yellowstone National Park was established. Wow. However, National Park Service would eventually, the federal government, National Park Service hadn't been established yet, but the federal government would eventually decide that Mackinac was not worth keeping as a national park, so they relinquished it to the state of Michigan. So, okay. yeah. Okay. So that's why it's not still a national park. But it was really, I thought that was pretty cool. It was the second ever national park. It's it pretty wild. So with the National Park being established, cottages for the wealthy started popping up, souvenir shops, other tourist facilities were established. But despite all that, like I said, the government gave it back to Michigan in 1895. However, Michigan still quickly made it the whole island a state park. 
because they recognized that it needed to be protected, even if the government didn't think it was necessary to be a national park. So, and as in the interest of protecting the island, the state of Michigan actually established its own specific commission to administer just Mackinac State Park. So, like, all the other state parks in Michigan are established by the, uh, are administered by the Michigan State Parks Board. Mackinac Island State Park is established by the, or, oh my god, why do I keep saying established? Administered by the Mackinac Island State Park Board. So they, they have like their own separate entity going on up there. So that's okay. kind of cool. You know? yeah. It's obviously a very valuable place to the state of Michigan, and it should be because it's freaking cool. At the end of the 1800s, um, the state of Michigan and the, the Mackinac Island State Park Board decided to ban all motor vehicles as though they were vi- frightening horses, and some people were concerned about the safety of such newfangled contraptions. I know. Good for them. And uniquely, to this day, there are no motorized vehicles permitted on the island, with the exception of emergency vehicles and snow machines during the wintertime. And, and apparent- construction vehicles. I read that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, occasionally construction vehicles, yeah. But anyway, today the island is home to 492 people year-round and remains an incredibly popular tourist spot for Michiganders and really people from all over the country, as well as Canada. The area is stunning and unique. It's filled with history. It's so cool that you can't drive on it. I think that's very awesome. There are a bunch of places on the National Register of Historic Places, and I've always wanted to visit Mackinac Island. So now that we've done, now that I've done some research on it, I want to go even more in the summer, of course. But when we do go, where shall we stay? Well, our first stop is at Mission Point Resort. Mission Point spans across 18 acres of lakefront property on the Sunrise side of Mackinac Island. Genuine hospitality and simple living reign supreme, claims their website. From kite flying and flower pressing and boche ball. I think it's boche ball. I don't know what you're talking about. And bike riding. There is something for everyone at the Mission Point Resort. They are pet friendly, but you will have to pay a $100 pet fee. Oh, goddamn. At the resort, kids eat free, and there's a wide range of activities for them as well. Oh, kids eat free? That's pretty dope. Yeah. Just give the concierge a 24-hour notice if you want your kids to do the activities. What if I tell them that Stella is just, um, she's our daughter, but she has that, what's that disease that where they're covered in hair? It has something to do with a Latin name for, like, werewolf, but... Lycan... Yeah, lycanthropy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We'll just tell her she's our lycanthropic daughter. You know how many times I got asked if I was a fucking werewolf because my name is Lycan? Lycan? Lycan. I've had a lot of names growing up. (laughs) Anyway. There are four different restaurants to choose from, all high... There are four different restaurants to choose from, all high... Highly rated. Why is that so hard to say? High related. Highly rated. Whistle roar. Whistle roar. Whistle roar. And each brings <laughs> unique flavors to your dining experience. <laughs> <laughs> they have like a bistro, a cafe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The huge. Yeah. 
for a resort. Yeah. The resort looks amazing, but maybe a little pricey. So we're going to move on to our next place, which is the Mackinac House Boutique Hotel, which looks a little bit cheaper. Also, side note on the first one. What was the first one called? It was the Point something Point? Uh, Mission Point. The Mission Point Resort. That's haunted also, just so you guys know. And... It has uh, a haunting. You'll see later. Okay. So anyway, the Mackinac House Boutique Hotel is a fancy little boutique that can be found tucked away on a peaceful on peaceful Market Street. Nice. Just a stroll or short bike ride away from most of the things you'd want to see in the area. Enjoy a quiet continental breakfast on their front porch. And you can choose from several different room options to whatever suits your needs. Choose from balcony rooms, tower suites, king or queen size suites, or lower level and fort suites. Which the lower level and the fort suites are a little bit cheaper. Okay. If you do stay here, make sure to check out their complimentary afternoon snacks. Sign me up. I didn't. I couldn't figure out what they entail, but they better be delicious. I'm sure they are. Well, those, I mean, there are a few resorts on the island that look really awesome and places to stay. There's a lot of places to stay on the island. Yes. And honestly, nothing that I saw even looked like exorbitantly, like, I mean, the big resorts, like the Grand Hotel and like the Mission Point Resort, those were a little more expensive, but most of the other places were relatively reasonable. I mean, for being basically a captive audience when you go to the island. Right. You know, but... So I guess it's time for recreation, right? Yeah. Okay. So obviously the entire island is a state park. So there's a lot of recreation to do there. And there really are some wonderful things on the island that will get you out into nature. And the nature on the island is very unique and wonderful. There's a lot of animals to enjoy, like great gray owls, American loons, which are my favorite bird because I love the sound that they make. I thought you were talking about me. You're my also my favorite loon. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, there's also great blue herons. Uh, several bat species live on the island. Hundreds of species of wire, wildflowers, evergreen forests everywhere. There's just, there's a lot to do and a lot of great things to see. But my favorite features are the stunning rock formations on the shores of the island. Oh, okay. There are stacks, which stacks are basically like, it looks like limestone that's literally been like stacked up. And it's just so cool. There's sea caves and arches all along the shore of Mackinac. But there's one very beautiful and amazing place that is accessible via carriage, bike, horseback, or hike. As it sets right along Lakeshore Drive on the northeast side of the island. And that is Arch Rock. This formation was birthed when hard limestone was broken and re-cemented millions of years ago. And then the waves crashing along the shore wore away at all of the softer limestone, leaving behind this 146-foot-tall towering arch right along the shore. It is a favorite stop for visitors. It's a big-time photo stop, as it should be, because it's very beautiful and it's very unique. And it's just about a 20-minute hike from Fort Holmes and about 30 minutes from the other park sites on the island. And really, nothing's too far away on Mackinac. And this is just a great stop to make while you're there. So definitely go check it out. And if you would like to learn a little bit more, check out uh, MackinacParks.com 
Uh, forward slash more info, forward slash Mackinac Island State Park Natural Wonders. And to not be redundant, I will add that the First Nations told a lot of lore from the rock, the arch rock, and they had stories about its magical powers. Cool, so, I didn't look that deep into it. I should have, but I I don't know why I didn't. I mean, the legends aren't happy. Oh, okay. So. Okay. But, you know. But there's some cool lore there. Yeah. And I'm sure when you go there and check it out, you're going to learn about that. Yes. Yeah. So, what else shall we do to entertain ourselves? Because there's a lot, I know. Yes. So, our first stop is the Mackinac Island Butterfly House and Insect World. Ooh. The museum is one of the oldest of its kind, and you can find lush tropical gardens and hundreds of butterflies. The education room has 500 chrysalises. Chrysalis? On display to show a caterpillar's journey to the other side. Oh. They also cool. have other insects, including 16-inch walking sticks. That's so cool. I, I'd hold one. I love those things. I They're know. so cool. We used to, like, living at my dad's house, being at my dad's house in the summer, we would find walking sticks everywhere. And they're not scary. No, and I never saw that many when I was a kid. I, th- I always thought they were so cool. I also really think praying mantis are so cool. They're terrifying. I, they were terrifying to me. Fair. Next, we have the Grand Hotel Stable. You can travel Mackinac by a horse-drawn buggy. Take a narrated tour across the entire island, and there are so many horse and buggy like companies there. Yeah. So check you can check out all your stuff, but there is a ton of options there. And it sounds like a really awesome way to get around the island. Like, who wouldn't want to ride a horse and buggy around Mackinac Island? First of all, if I can kiss the horse, it's on. (laughs) I will call every single one. Can I kiss your horse? Not on the lips. Just a forehead kiss. I just need a forehead kiss. Maybe, you know, cheek. Or maybe just, like, nuzzle. I need some horse therapy. What's that called? Mm. Not bovine, but... Equine therapy? Equine therapy. (sighs) Me and my therapist have talked about it. Anyway... Great Turtle Kayak Tours. They offer several different tours, which include Sunrise, Sunset, Devil's Kitchen, and Arch Rock Tours. Or if you just want to travel the shore and check out the wildlife and the beautiful lighthouse, hit them up. Hell yeah. Uh, And then I have Murdick's Fudge. With 18 different flavors of fudge, this 130-year-old business is sure to have a flavor for everyone. You can also check them out online, and you can they will send you fudge. That's awesome. Hit them up. Sign me up. Yeah. So then I have the Round Island Lighthouse. Erected in 1885 and revamped in the 1990s. It's a good place to yak by. They only have... Yakking. They only have an open house like once a year. So your chances of hitting that while you stop there is very slim, but the outside is very cool still. Yeah. And I didn't write this down, but there is a place that you can load your own cannon and shoot a cannon. Yeah, yeah it's at Fort Mackinac. Okay. Yeah. Fort Mackinac. Because Fort Mackinac is, and I'll mention this a little more later, but it's year-round uh, manned by, well, not year-round, but d- during the on-season, is manned by reenactors in, like, period clothing, like, in soldiers in uniform and women dressed like how they would have been then. And it's very cool. You can shoot a cannon, do all that cool stuff. I would love to go in the fall. And I think nightly, they fire the cannons over the streets. That's so that's fucking cool. Yeah, really cool. 
And that is all I have for okay. recreation. Or for fun things to do in the fun area. Fun things to do. Okay. Very cool. So I guess it's time to get something to eat. I like food. Me too. And there's a lot of good places to eat on this island. Because yeah. it is very tourist-centric. And it really doesn't look like anything is like super overpriced. Like a lot of tourist traps are. Which basically, once you're on the island, you're stuck there. Until you get a ferry off. So it's it's a tourist trap. If that you sounds eat. so cool, though. I, I would love to yeah. be dropped off on an island. I love a ferry. Yeah, same. But... It was, it was a little, because of that, it was actually a little bit tough to pick a place to eat. So when we go, we're actually going to go to about 15 different places. But for the sake of time, I'm just going to recommend one. And that is Mary's Bistro and Draft House. And it's spelled like D-R-A-U-G-H-T, like the old oh, way of spelling yeah. draft. Yeah. yeah. This cute little place sits right on the shore of the lake and offers a variety of delectable meals. Some of which hearken to the French history of the area, like poutine and steak friates. As well as a wide variety of other dishes like wild mushroom pizza, pork chop schnitzel, plus a whole plethora of great local beers on tap, as well as pomegranate mojitos. Oh, fuck me Moscow mules and a variety of other unique cocktails that will make your experience on the island even more amazing. And you don't even have to worry about driving home drunk. You know? Yeah. You can can horse and buggy. Yeah, just call the buggy or jump on your bicycle. So be sure to check out uh, Mary's Draft House and Mary's Bistro and Draft House at marysbistromackinacisland.com. So now it's beer palooza time. Beer (laughs) palooza. So there's actually no breweries on the island. So instead, I'm just going to recommend a great little bar. That is there, and is in fact the most historic bar in Michigan, and that is the Mustang Lounge. The lounge has been on the island for a very, very long time, and it is a great place to hold events because they do have a nice little event center. They have music sometimes on the weekends. It's a great place to kick back for an ice cold beer on a beautiful Michigan day and meet some really awesome people. They don't overlook the lake like St. Mary or like Mary's does. But they are on a quiet little side street with a nice little outdoor area to sit back and have a beer. They have a full bar, so you can really get whatever you like when you're there. But just like Mary's, they also offer a wide variety of Michigan-brewed beers, as well as some awesome-looking bar food and hand-tossed pizza. So, yeah, they've got a lot to offer if you want to check them out. They are pet-friendly in the outdoor area, and it is a great place to spend a beautiful summer evening on the island with the breeze coming in off the lake. So be sure to check them out at mustanglounge.online. And I've never even heard that URL in my life. Same. I was just thinking (laughs) that. I'm like, what? Yeah, mustanglounge.online. So with that, we are going to take a quick break and transition into the first story, and Lakin will be leading us out this week. With a moita. All right, so it's time for Lakin's story this week. And I'm sure it's going to be a good one. Because this is a great place to go. So you know they have some good stories. You're right. So let's do it. We'll do it. I titled this In Broad Daylight. Okay. 
And also, I want to give out a trigger warning. There is some... There is violence towards women. There is some stuff sexually... Sexual violence. Sexual violence and murder. So I just want everyone to kind of take that in. If you're not comfortable with that, skip over to Chances. Mine doesn't have that stuff. Yeah, so... And I will go on. So... Carry on. Mackinac Island is a very peaceful island with gorgeous views and seems to lack the hustle and bustle of a large city. Probably due to the fact that the only means of transportation besides biking is a horse-drawn carriage or a horse. Pebble beaches surround the island washed up by the waves of Lake Huron. It's hard to think that anything bad could happen in a little piece of paradise like this. Yeah. On July 23, 1960, Frances Lacey, a widow from Dearborn, Michigan, arrived on the island with her daughter and son-in-law. They spent the day doing touristy things, and the couple had checked into their vacation home, a little cottage near a little refreshment shop. Mrs. Lacey rode a carriage to the hotel she checked into, which was the Murray Hotel, where she could, where she would be staying. When the family split up, Frances told her daughter that she would walk three and a half miles to the British Landing and meet the couple there. Which, if you guys don't know, the British Landing, they literally have British people there. Yeah. British, they have the English accent, and it's, I don't know, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, very. it's very cool. British Landing is a cool place to check out. So, 11 in the morning came around, but Frances never showed. Immediately, her daughter called the Mackinac Police Department. By the next day, a full-blown search party was out scouring the island for any trace of Frances Lacey. Island natives started searching, along with police officers and even a Boy Scout troop from Detroit. Bloodhounds would join the search as well as... No. Bloodhounds would join the search as well, and by picking up on her scent twice, only to be foiled by a light rain, or so they thought. Oh. Three days had gone by, and the state police started questioning everyone. How could a 49-year-old woman disappear in plain sight? The island had been busy because there were boat races that day. Okay. So there had been a ton of people just, like, up and down the streets. Someone had to know something. Someone had to have seen something. One would think. Police questioned hotel staff, carriage drivers, past employees who had been let go recently of the hotel that she was staying at. Two men were taken into custody for questioning. One, an overly friendly carriage driver who seemed to take a liking to the whole family and even drank with Mrs. Lacey's daughter and son-in-law the night before she went missing. Which, lesson learned, if you're a carriage driver, don't be friendly. Yeah, I guess fuck everybody. Another man was taken into custody, a handyman for the hotel and local scenic painter. They found, however, that he had an airtight alibi and was released after an hour or so of questioning. On July 27th in Detroit, Michigan, a couple who had visited the island at the same time as Francis turned in a purse and wallet they had found while riding a tandem bike around the shore road. Okay. The identification card was that of Frances Lacey. 
Which brings me to the next point. Why not turn that into the island police? Yeah, why would you just take that with you? They're like, oh, we should take this home. Yeah. We can totally help the person that lost their wallet and purse there. From Detroit, we'll help them. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. So the police officer recognized the name from the newspapers and called the state police. There, the police could come up with an idea of where Francis might be located. Thursday, July 28th, they found Francis Lacey's body not too far from the Stone Cliff Inn. What is today called the Mission Point Resort. Okay. Police theorized that she sat down on a log and took her shoes off. When she was taking her shoes off, her assailant came up up behind her and took her off guard. From the autopsy report, they found defensive wounds, which means she put up a fight. They later found a pair of shoes and a plastic bag with blood smudged on the bag shoved under an old rotting boat along shore. But not the same blood type as Francis Lacey. So we're not a DNA yet. This is the 1960s. Right, right, right. But we can do blood types. Yeah. They found her body covered by large branches from a pine tree. She had been dragged up an incline and it appeared that she had been strangled. By her own underwear. Oh. A spot just 50 yards away from where the bloodhounds had found their lead, but their handlers thought they had lost the scent. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was also found with her blouse up by her shoulders and her skirt up to her hips. Her gold watch and jacket had been stolen, and the officers believed money had also been stolen from the widow. When they found her, it was nearly sunset, so two police officers were stationed near the scene so that no one could tamper with the evidence overnight. When the police knocked on the door of Stonecliff Manor, a rude man answered the door and said that he wanted no part in the questioning and sent them along their way before hitting them with a, Good day, sir. (laughs) which i don't know how that flew how did that fly i don't know i guess if i mean i guess if they don't have like any probable cause to accuse you of the crime yeah i guess you could say good day sir yeah i don't want to talk to you Uh, i guess after all was said and done 400 people were questioned 22 state police officers... God damn, that's most of the population in the island. <laughs> yeah, two, 22 state police officers had worked the case, and still the case was unsolved. And they're not... This isn't just people that live there. This is yeah. visitors. These are people that work here. Right, like right. Everyone. In the 1970s, the head police officer was questioned what he thought had happened. He says he believes it was someone staying in the Stonecliff Manor. When the Detroit couple were questioned, they placed themselves at the scene of the crime moments after Francis was attacked. Right outside the Stonecliff Inn. Okay. So, like, they were like, I don't know, we found this wallet, this person wallet here about, like... Minutes after she was killed? They didn't know that. Well, right. Yeah. It's still just wild. Yeah. Like, and they saw nothing. Yeah, didn't see anything? They saw nothing. Seems a little sus to me, but I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. 
but they the police thought that it was only one person. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, the murder of Francis Lacey would become one of Mackinac Island's greatest mysteries. Time has passed, and houses were erected on both sides of the land where they found Mrs. Lacey's body. I have to wonder if the new owners know anything about her murder, or if her story, like so many others, was washed out away like a pebble into the water. It's a good story. I would bet, you know, an island like that, I would bet everybody knows about that story. I mean... The, when it happened, everyone was like, when she, they found out she was missing, everyone was like, she's dead. Well, yeah. I mean, how do you go missing on an island that small? You don't go missing for that long. Yeah. They're like, she's dead. Yeah. There's, there has to have been somebody attacked her. Basically, yeah. everybody on the island was positive. Right, right. Huh. So, yeah. That's Princess wild. Lacey, may you rest in peace. Hopefully, one day there's justice. Yeah, but they're not, like, openly... Oh, it's closed? It's closed, like... Oh, I didn't know it was closed. It's closed. They don't know who did it, but they're not... They. It's not in, like, the cold case? Still investigating? No. I could not find... I could find so little Wow. They just kind of, like, gave up on it. Book, yeah. Well, there's a book about it. What was that? Do you know the name of the book? Yeah, I do. There's a book about it that she got some of her information from. No, all of my information from. Yeah, okay. Mackinac Island Inside, Up Close, and Personal, written by island resident Dennis Cawthorn. Okay, there you go. If you want to learn a little bit more about this story, it is you can find it on Amazon. And I'm sure it would be a very interesting read because there seem to be a lot of question marks in this murder. And it was sloppy. Yeah. Like, nothing about this murder was, like, well done. Mm-hmm. They did this in plain sight, broad daylight. It, there's just, it, somebody, there's a lot of people covering up something. Because there's too Possibly. many people on the island that were out that day. Was she, and you probably said this and I missed it, was she a resident? No. No? She's okay. from Dearborn. She was, oh, she's from Dearborn. Okay. Huh. Yeah, there's something weird about that. I wonder if it's kind of like, we don't want an unsolved murder on this island, so just close the case. Because yeah. this is too big of a tourist And, like, the main detective really had a strong feeling that it was a resident at the Stonecliff Manor. Well, I mean, that would make sense to me. But this was a, I think it was a hotel at the time, or, like, a hostel type mm. thing. Yeah, yeah. And the person that answered the door was like, good day, sir. Yeah. So, was it somebody that worked there? I don't know. Or maybe it's like, uh, we don't want the negative press of one of our guests being a murderer. Like, we don't want to be that hotel but that wouldn't murderers you want, Wouldn't you want them to figure out who did you, it? You would think, but some people don't think that way. We would think that way. I would be like, I don't care what reputation my business gets. I, I, don't, I think this person deserves justice. But there are people who are like, I don't want people to know that a murderer was at my hotel. Right, a rapist and a yeah, murderer. Yeah, a rapist and a murderer. I don't want I don't want that in from, you know, that about my hotel. That'll yeah. run me into the ground. Yeah, and it's just like he, like I said, did this in broad daylight. He took her and assaulted her and choked her with 
her own underwear. Yeah. And then dragged her up not far, even that far away from the hotel. He didn't even really try to hide. So it was sloppy. Yeah. But it was long enough that. And it was, it was in the sixties. So it's not like we have, they could do DNA then, but if they had saved anything. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing's weird, but. It was a huge deal. It's it was a huge as deal. A, I mean, I feel like it should s- still be an ongoing case, and I kind of think it's a travesty that it's not considered an open case right now. Because yeah. they don't have, like, how do you close a case without knowing, like, who committed the crime? That seems fucked to me. And I, I, if somebody listening knows more about this yeah, and can tell us that, no, 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 this is still ongoing, this is still a... You know, a cold case or whatever. But please, like, please reach out to us, and right. we will we'll correct that right. in, in the next episode or in the first episode that comes out after we get that information. Because we, I could not find ev- the very few things that I could find were tiny newspaper clippings, and no, nobody said anything about contact this person. If you have any information, like it was, oh, it's really weird, and yeah. the fact that. I would hope that those people from Detroit would have got grilled with questioning because well, yeah. how suspicious what, is that? What kind of person finds somebody else's wallet, takes it back to where they live, They're and like, then oh. decides to turn it into the oh, police? Yeah, I forgot. I got yeah. this wallet. Oh, yeah, by the way, I found this wallet. It definitely didn't have any money in it when I found it. <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, "Why wouldn't you put? Why?" That would have been the first thing I did. Maybe you know I don't what? know. Maybe these we're... people are on vacation. Like this person is on vacation. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, like their whole life is in there. Yeah. I should take this home with me to Detroit. Yeah. That, my first thought would be, not necessarily even that, like somebody was murdered, but just like I want to get their wallet back to them because that's their shit. It has their ID, it has their credit their cards, their money, everything. I, I, yeah. Well, maybe credit not credit cards. cards in, yeah. I don't know if there were credit cards in the 60s. But, you know, their money, everything in it. They're probably their cashier's checks. Their life <laughs> is in there. Yeah. So I thought that was it, pretty yeah. sus. That's, that's the most, like, sus thing to me is that those people didn't turn that wallet in when they were on the aisle. Yeah. I mean, unless, like, they were leaving that day and just simply didn't have the time. Who like, takes a tandem bike ride on the day they're leaving? Only fucking weirdos. Yeah, tandem bike ride, <laughs> period. That's a good, those are grounds for divorce right there. Oh, I'll scratch that off the list then. No, don't sign me up for a tandem bike ride. Okay. Carriage ride? Absolutely. Okay. But a tandem bike ride? No. We, no, that's not even fun. I'd be like, oh, like pedal up. Pe- hurry up, pedal. No, <laughs> slow down. No, no. I'm going to pedal hard as I'm gonna pedal hard as fuck. And you're just going to have to steer. Nope, I'm sitting in the just back. Just figure out what's happening. Nope. Okay. I'm sitting in the back. All right. But do we can do ride? it? No. Oh. Unless there's tri- trike wheels on there. <laughs> Don't don't put me down for balancing. Are you serious? Get real. Well, anyway, that was a really interesting story. I would love to know more about it, and I I really want to read that book now because yeah. that the whole thing seems fucked up to me. I don't know how. Yeah, but that book's not all about this case. Oh, it's just about anything. Um, it's all he lived 
on the island for 50 years. That's his 50 years of life That's on the it. island. We're writing a book about this murder. We're going to call All the, the Michigan dead State officers. Police. We're going to call. We're going to get the files. And we're going to figure this motherfucker out. Freedom of Information Act. Let's file the request with the Michigan State Police. The Department of Parks and Recreation. Okay. Get all the shit they have. And I want to know. We're going to figure out who killed Francis. I bet it was just like some drunk dude. Let's do that for our first. That should be our first. Like the Remember when we were talking with the girls about like uh, those old ladies that, that yes. look at cold cases? Absolutely. That should be our first one. When Francis. We, when we retire. So when we die. <laughs> we will start picking up cold cases. I think we should just like. I mean, we don't have to do it, like, all the time every day. But we could literally just, like, file Freedom of Information Act requests to get all the information, every file they have about her murder. And just start, like, just do our own, like, when we have spare time research. Like, you know? I just want to be Charlie in the mailroom of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's goddamn right with the strings on the wall. We could do that. We could this wall, that wall. Right there could be our string wall. Doesn't he do crack in that episode? I think he's doing cocaine in that episode. We'll skip that. Yeah, well. It is pure Michigan. Yeah, pure cocaine. Anyway, let's take a quick break. Those days are over. (laughs) Let's let's take a quick break and we'll be back with the next story. Peace. Hey, have you guys ever thought of... Man. I really want to go to the awesome places that Lakin and Chance talk about, but it's such a hassle to plan a vacation, and it's so expensive. Or maybe your thoughts don't necessarily center around us, which I don't know why they don't, but maybe you just want to get away and don't really know where to start. Maybe let us take the stress out of vacation planning for you? I love to plan literally everything, and I want yours to be the next vacation that I plan. He really does love planning everything. (laughs) So put my nerdy husband to work for you. I cannot wait to help you plan your dream vacation and make it affordable because we ball on a budget. So I get it. Plus, now is the time as more and more people are getting the COVID vaccine and states are starting to reopen. 2021 may be one of the best summers in recent memory to get out and go to the places that you've dreamt about. We're going to take some fun and safe trips this summer and i think you should too so visit wanderinghippies.com today to get started planning your dream vacation and just wander more okay so we're back from from the hiatus aka just me switching recordings so that i don't have to edit six hours all at once talking a few loogies yeah yeah that um, getting some dead air, you know, whatever. We're back, and we're just as good as ever. And I'm ready to... What is going on out there? Oh, it's, oh yeah, it's pizza, pizza delivery. Now that we're done being distracted, we're back. We're ready to rumble. I am going to tell you guys some spooky stuff. Spooky! And I titled this story, The Watch Never Ended. Ooh. So Mackinac Island is a very stunning... And a very old area. 
The entire island is dotted with gorgeous Victorian buildings and some places like the fort that are even older than the Victorian era. There are, in fact, nine places on the island that are on the National Register of Historic Places that are actually separate from the island in general because the entire island is part of the National Register of Historic Places. So it's just like, it's old. It's old, it's cool. And given that this is such an old place, and a lot has happened over the course of literally thousands of years, um, one would expect that there are some uh, unsettled spirits on Mackinac. And if you think that might be the case, you're freaking right. Because <laughs> there are a lot of ghost stories from this island. I mean, a ton. Hell yeah. The entire island is riddled with ghost stories originating from some of the most historic places. And all of them are really great ghost stories. Like, again, like many, there's not a ton with a lot of detail. But they're really good. And some of them, like the, uh, the drowning pool... And the legend about the dude that killed himself, that maybe didn't kill himself. I can't remember. I didn't write the name down because it's basically... That's not uh, that long ago, is it? No, that... I, but yes and no. I mean, it's not that long ago to our minds because we were born in 1991. But for most people, it's quite a while ago. It was in the 90s. Okay. It was 30 years ago. Okay. <laughs> Blast me. (laughs) But that, like, so the legend, the drowning pool thing is about, like, uh, witches. There were supposedly some witch trials on the island, and and they did the whole uh, tie tie stones on them, and if they float, they're witches. If they drown, they're not. But they're saved. Yeah. But that was all, none of that was true. There's no way that, there's nothing to verify that that ever happened on the island. So that's that's all just island lore. Okay. And the thing about the guy who killed himself, but maybe was killed by somebody else. So we know that a guy killed himself because there are 100% reports of that. But, I'm sorry, died by suicide. There are 100% reports of that. However, there was never any question that it was anything other than death by suicide. But the stories, like, about the hauntings are all about, like, how maybe there was another shooter. Maybe he didn't do that, you know, himself and whatever. Okay. That's, that's all just kind of drunked up for the ghosty side of things. But there are some stories that are really easy to verify as having some historic basis. And one of those stories that has a great deal of historic basis is the story of Fort Mackinac. As I mentioned, this fort was built in 1872. I'm sorry, 1782. I, I transposed some numbers there, so little it's even older. Little yeah. bit of dyslexia. Yeah, a little bit of number lexia. Sorry, Todd. <laughs> it was built in 1782 and was continuously manned at varying levels for 113 years. Wow. So a ton of souls spent large portions of their lives in the confines of this fort. Yeah. Battles were fought over the fort. Men died defending it, and long, cold winters were spent within the wooden buildings of the complex. After the fort was decommissioned, it became a tourist attraction for those looking to learn a little bit more about what life would have been like in the 17 and 1800s. But for some of the men that lived there, they maybe never left. There are 14 buildings inside the fort complex 
still standing in basically the identically same condition that they were in when they were built. When you combine that information with the fact that the fort is surrounded by water and limestone and is manned daily by reenactors, you basically have the perfect elements for some really chilling hauntings. Yeah, for sure. The first story from the fort comes from the officer's stone quarters. This is a building that once housed the families of officers of the fort, and the state park now uses this as a kids' quarters, which is kind of like a playroom and daycare center for workers there. A prison (laughs) for children. A children's prison, that's right. Um, Employees of the... uh, the kids' quarters have reported toys moving when there's no children there to play with them and coming into the kids' quarters in the morning to find that the toys that were neatly put away the night before are strewn across the room as though children had been playing with them all night long. Ooh, spoopy. Yeah. Throughout the post-hospital, manifestations of phantom limbs, as though they had just been amp- amputated, had can be seen. Oh my god. I know. Just like hanging out on the floor? No, no, no. Like on, on like operating tables and like places where it's, they would have placed limbs after they were amputated in a battle. Oh shit. Yeah. And aside from that completely terrifying sight, visitors to the hospital find orbs in many of their photos and can experience deep feelings of sadness and dread. These feelings really make a lot of sense, given the amount of loss that people experienced during the fort's time. Yeah. Naturally, soldiers that were injured during battles on the island died at the, at the fort hospital. But TB also plagued the area from time to time, leading to uh, quite a few deaths. Documented in the hospital specifically were the deaths of at least 15 children of for varying reasons, but many of them for tuberculosis. So I imagine that the heartbreak that the families felt in the hospital lingered. And now when you visit, you can feel the pain that they experienced. Oh, like a residual. Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of, it's a very heavy place to be in, the the Fort Hospital. Ah, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, that's like how uh, Little Bighorn was for you. Uh, Yeah, Little Bighorn was very rough for me. Yeah, it was a it was definitely a, a heavy, sad place, but it hit Lakin way harder than it hit me. Yeah, I had to like sit in the car. Everyone's like, let's go look at this. And I'm like, I'm going to sit here really sad in the van. How about yeah. that? <laughs> so pain and loss was not confined to the hospital, though. Mental ear- illness is a serious issue in the United States military. And we understand now what steps need to be taken to help prevent tragedies like the one that took place in 1843. Private Felix Pleve was apparently not well, as late one night he left the barracks and would soon die by suicide. Visitors to the barracks report seeing an apparition that appears to be leaving the building before turning his back to look at the visitors with a tormented face and then simply disappearing. Chill just rereading that. For real. Another location with its own heavy energy is the guardhouse. This building was at one point in time the only jail at the fort. 
And until 1828, it was home to a dungeon where the worst criminals on the island were kept. Now, I realize that that's not really saying a whole lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But some very serious punishment was doled out in this very dark building. We know for a fact that at least one life was lost inside the dungeon, and hundreds of deserters, POWs, murderers, and petty criminals were housed in the guardhouse during its active time. Nowadays, during the heat of the summer, chilling cold spots can be felt throughout the building. And photos have been taken with orbs clearly visible in them. So obviously, there's still some men in there serving their time. Wow. Yeah. You know what would be cool? If I can find, like, a cold spot at work. <laughs> you know? There's just one haunting at work to cool your I ass do down. find there because is. Because it's fucking, we're under a heat advisory for the next couple of days. It was 104 today with the heat index. Was it 104? Yeah, it got up to 104 with the heat it index. It was today. so hot, but I do, there is a cold spot, and I know it very well. It is a spot. <laughs> It's a spot, like, right where the front air blows in perfectly. I gotta stand on my tiptoes. And right where the front air blows in perfectly and the back air hits at the same time. You're lucky because you're tall. I know. Few people can hit that spot. (laughs) And I'm one of them. Okay, but anyway. In the officer's hill quarters, which were... um, Basically, apartments for officers that were used at a different time than the other officers' quarters. Right. Okay, so, in the officers' hill quarters, motion sensors are often triggered when there's nobody in the buildings. And furniture is inexplicably moved around the rooms. They also, uh, employees report hearing the cries of babies at nighttime when they're checking to make sure there's no trespassers. Yeah. Don't go in there, guys. That it's baby, a trap. that baby crying thing is. Those are some evil entities. Assuredly, a trap. Yeah. Like there is, I mean, devil. No, 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 no. we're not gonna say that. Demons, maybe, but like there are some things, guys, that we just don't know. There's some evil shit going on when there's babies crying happening. I'm just, I, I've never because heard why, a haunting that good things happen. When what makes crying. you run? Run towards. Yeah, babies crying. They're trying to to like hearken in females for that maternal instinct. You're right. That's what they're shooting. I'd for. be the first freaking one. Me who doesn't want kids. I'd be like, oh, I'll save this baby. Right, and most women would like. That's just that's an instinct that most women have. I don't want it. I I understand. But that's like, that's an evil thing going on there. No. I haven't heard any stories about evil stuff happening, but they hear babies crying at night and it's creepy. Maybe it's residual because it, you know, was the officer's quarters. Right. So they that's had their families I'm, there. That's what I'm going to yeah. hope. Yeah. Residual I don't know, but energy. it's creepy. Along the north and west blockhouses and the rifle range trail, Visitors to the fort have seen groups of soldiers standing, still patrolling the area, or simply just standing in a group and chatting. And then when they're approached, they seem shocked, like they see you, but just disappear. They're like, what the hell are these aliens? Yeah. They're dressed in, what the hell are they dressed in? That's, okay, so, so that haunting definitely, like, 
definitely leads me down the path of there's some sort of interdimensional thing happening here. Like, what if, what if our timeline is overlapping with that timeline? Yeah, if there's water there. Yeah. There's rocks yeah. there. What if we're just seeing, like, blips of another timeline and they see us? And they see us dressed up and they're like, oh. They're like, what the fuck is that? Those women are wearing pantaloons. <laughs> That's disgusting. I can see that hole's ankles. <laughs> And I'd be like, I mean, just barely, guys. I wear pants all the time. Also, along the rifle trail, rifle range trail, you can, if you listen closely, you can hear the sound of a piper playing a tune. That? Ooh, I love that. Yeah. But the final haunting that's worth noting involves a murder and potentially a wrongful conviction. Being stationed on an island in Lake Huron meant that soldiers were forced to endure long, cold winters in tight quarters. And as one would expect, this kind of living led to some cabin fever, and occasional altercations between soldiers were not uncommon. In December of 1828, one such altercation came to a head in the soldiers' barracks. In the early evening, Company C of the 5th Infantry was heading into their barracks for the evening. And earlier that week, two of the members of Company C had been arguing and gotten into a minor altercation. The reason for the argument between Corporal Hugh Flynn and Private James Brown has been far lost to time. But what we do know is that on the evening of December 5th, as the barracks began to fill, the room was suddenly filled with an incredible boom and a cloud of smoke. When the smoke cleared, Private Brown was standing near the entrance holding a musket, and Flynn was laying on the floor with a hole in his chest. Brown stood in shock and said, My God, what have I done? My God, what have I done? That's right. This is not my beautiful house. <laughs> this is not my beautiful wife. <laughs> what is that from? Flynn, as the days go by. That's the talking heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My God, what have I done? <laughs> Private Brown would remain in the dungeon at the prison until July of 1829, when he would finally go to trial. After a lengthy process and the convening of a grand jury, Brown finally had his day in court. And despite insisting that it was an accidental discharge, he was sentenced to hang by the neck until dead. Accidental? Yeah. He and in- he still? Yeah, he insisted that it was accidental discharge. That but, he didn't mean to shoot. No, I know, but like they were still like... Because of the altercation that had earlier happened between them and people knew that they were in a fight. And though no soldiers witnessed him... Pull the like, pull the trigger. Witness yeah. him intentionally shoot Flynn mm-hmm. because of the other information in the case. The judge decided that it was probably intentional and sentenced him, like I said, to hang by the neck until dead. In truth, we don't know where the hanging actually took place or how many people attended it. Though we do know that they had planned on having a public hanging where they would invite the residents of the island to attend. Oh, so gross. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Yeah. 
Same. I wouldn't want to see that. And I have PTSD for less, okay? <laughs> like, I could never go and watch a hanging for a person that I knew nothing about. Like, barely knew anything about their crimes, barely knew anything about them. Like, Mm-mm. I couldn't just, like, the fact that there were public hangings. I get that it was like a show of strength. Like, uh, if you fuck up, you could be on the end of this news thing. But why would you go and watch it? Like, I don't get that. I don't. I could never. Bloodsport is a long, is 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 deep rooted in human history. I mean, the gladiatorial games are bloodsport. Yeah. NASCAR is basically a bloodsport. I mean, it's not so much now because it's way safer than it used to be. But yeah, like. There's just a lot of things that it's like, a lot of things that we enjoy watching, we enjoy watching because of violence. And I think yeah. this is just like an older, football. an older version, like people, people in the 1800s didn't have football on television to go and watch. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have other things. Human beings are violent. We are. And yeah. there's, there's no, by nature. yeah, there's no two ways about that. That's the only way we got to where we are. We, you know how many other hominid species we killed out to get to where we are to where homo sapiens are we had to kill out a lot of different other hominids and we didn't do that nicely no you know uh, violence is a part of our intrinsic history as a species so blood sports part of that too you know that's why our morbid interest comes to that end but i still i don't know i still couldn't imagine watching someone hang you know but anyway until the day that Brown died at the end of that news, he maintained that it had been an accident and merely a coincidence that the two had argued. He had never meant to kill Flynn and never wanted to kill Flynn. Flynn was his superior officer. That wasn't a thing he would have done intentionally, according to him at least. Mm-hmm. But according to legend, the city erected a temporary gallows at the rifle range, which was the uh, which is now the location of the rifle range trail, and they hung Brown there. Now, in modern times, visitors report hearing footsteps behind them on the rifle range trail. When they but when they turn, nobody's there. Occasionally, some unseen entity steps on hikers' heels to trip them up for a chuckle. And some people see the full-bodied apparition of a young soldier in uniform along the trail, bound at the hands. Brown's apparition is also seen in the guardhouse, sitting in a cell in the dungeon, waiting for his trial. He's also seen in the barracks, standing near the door, holding a musket, right in the spot where he shot Flynn, looking shocked and upset. EVPs have been caught of Brown pleading his innocence, and many believe that Brown remains at the fort trying to clear his name to this day. Now, paranormal investigation is not permitted at the fort because they don't want to disturb the spirits that may be there mourning or the ones that simply choose to remain at the fort. But given that there's a lot of action going on at the fort, a lot of visitors, and there's reenactors there that, uh, like I said, look exactly like they would have been. Yeah. That may help spirits to feel more comfortable showing themselves. 
and therefore there's a there's a ton of activity at this point. Yeah. And it's so cool. Like usually you hear about a lot of activity at places where there's a lot of investigations. There's never been a paranormal investigation at Fort Mackinac. Wow. They refuse to allow. It. So all of these like They're they, like, we don't want this get to get worse. Yeah, yeah. We're like we're not trying to one, we're not trying to amp this up. Two, we're not trying to like piss off the spirits that are here. Three, we're not trying to upset the ones that, like, the ones in the hospital that are just there, like, mourning. Yeah. You know, we're, like, we're not trying to, to rile anybody, any of these spirits up. And, like, the EVPs that have been caught have always been by accident. People just, like, recording videos. And then they, like... Oh, that yeah. is so creepy. So it's never, like, someone trying to catch spirits. Right. And it's so cool. The orbs and all that stuff. It's, it's just, I think it's a great... It's so cool that this is, like, the most haunted place on the island. I agree. Yeah, nobody's ever investigated it. So cool. Goosey. But whatever the case may be about the spirits there, the fort is possibly the most active location on the island. And it is clear, at least for some of the men who served there, the watch never ended. It was, I'm, I love the fort. I can't wait to visit Fort Mackinac to shoot the cannons. To see I the reenactors, I feel like I want to. I literally like want to apply to be one of the reenactors at the fort. I'll work at a bar. You work at one of the bars. I'll be a reenactor. It'll be a great summer. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> we'll be we'll be best friends with everyone there. That's goddamn right. Because we're yep. best friends with everybody everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, we're best friends with you guys. Yeah. All twenty eight of you. 29. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But I hope you enjoyed that story about Fort Mackinac. I thought it was really cool. It was There's good. a lot of hauntings. I was, was I was actually going to do like the hauntings of all the island because the Grand Hotel is haunted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mission Point Resort is haunted. There's like two other, two or three other places on the island that have really good haunting stories. It's just the whole place has a lot of really weird stuff going on. And it makes sense because it's in the middle of Lake Huron and the limestone cliffs and all that stuff going on. So it just makes sense that there's a lot of like paranormal activity. Uh, And like I said, uh, when I was talking about it in the first place, there are uh, chiefs of the old, like the, like the prehistoric tribes of North America Buried on this island. Like, there's a lot of energy there. It was, a spirit, cool. it was a spiritual place to the First Nations and to the uh, Paleo-Indians. It was a spiritual place. Like, it, it, you know, it's... There's a lot going on on Mackinac. And, Agreed. And it's, it looks like a really cool, awesome place to visit. I, would, I can't wait to go there. Agreed. Like, maybe we'll work there next summer. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Whatever. I'm trying to escape my life. But when we do finally go there, the only way to get there is on a on a freaking ferry. And And the only way to get around is uh, by carriage. That's right. And when you're on the island, I guarantee that you're going to meet some really amazing people. You're going to drink some really good beer. You're going to eat great food, maybe right next to a reenactor. You never know. You might even... Go on a really cool trail. That's right, and hopefully, these are the places you'll go.